0: Have you been wanting to have some coffee with a self-made millionaire? Now is your chance. Grab your coffee or your tea as we learn from Linda P. Jones herself on her story to wealth. That is episode 129. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Hola, hola, que gusto de tenerte por aquí. So good to have you here. This is Jen Hempel, your host. Today's episode is brought to you by my upcoming book called Her Money Matters, The Missing Truths from Traditional Money Advice. I'll tell you more how to grab your VIP status for the book at the end of this episode So make sure to listen to the very end. I've got a super smart lady today to introduce you to who has done extremely well with her finances, as in self-millionaire extremely well. In today's episode, you're going to learn the book her father handed her to read at 10 years of age and how it paved her vision. You're going to learn what her family's Sunday night dinner conversations were about and what she learned from them. And you're also going to learn the biggest catalyst that led her to become a self-made multimillionaire. And finally, you're going to learn her six steps to wealth that can take you from zero to, well, wealth. Let me share with you a little bit about Linda P. Jones. She is America's wealth mentor, a self-made multimillionaire. She reveals wealth building knowledge as a host of the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast with over a million downloads. It has been named one of the six best investing podcasts. Her purpose is to guide you to financial freedom. Then she also has a book for women that is coming up in September all about money and wealth. ¿Lista? Are you ready? Let's go meet Linda. Vamos a conocer a Linda. Welcome Linda P. Jones to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am thrilled to have you here.
1: Oh, thank you, Jen. I'm so, so grateful to be here and so excited to be here with you today.
0: Likewise, because you have accomplished a lot. You're known as America's Wealth Mentor, and you're a self-made multimillionaire. So wealth is definitely something you know a lot of, and I can't wait to dive into this. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Perfect. Let's just start off with learning a little bit about you and how you grew up around money. What did you hear? What did you experience? What did you see?
1: Wow. Well, I grew up in the Seattle area and my family was very middle class, but we lived in a suburb where there were a lot of very wealthy people. So my friends had big houses on the water and boats and took fancy vacations and were given cars when they were 16. And that wasn't my life at all. I'm the youngest of five kids. We had three in college at once. Things were a little tight. My dad was a Boeing engineer. My mom was a homemaker. And so it was a different experience. And I think at a young age, what I saw was some people had a lot of money and other people didn't. And that became the question for my life really was why are some people rich and other people aren't. And it became a fascination for me my entire life. But it led me to do some interesting things. Like when I was 10, I read the book Think and Grow Rich. My dad gave it to me. and At
0: 10 years old.
1: Yeah. I, and I read love that. It. And uh, it got me on the path of understanding how important mindset is in the wealth building process. Belief and goal setting, but also just thinking positive and believing you can do something. And then I also just felt like if we have one life to live, I want to live it to the fullest, and I don't want to be limited by not having enough money. So it wasn't that I thought money was so important or was so great. I just thought, hey, you know, there's all these things to do in life. I want to have enough money to do all those things. And so that's what really motivated me from a young age.
0: Love it. So it was That your dad gave you that book early on. What do you think, or what did you observe in terms with your parents of their mindset and what their relationship around money? Because he gave you that book early on in your life, which tells me a lot. Yes. Well, my parents were
1: very good about investing, actually. They had an investing mindset and they were people that saved money and invested on the side, even though my dad did have a job. My mom would look for real estate opportunities, and they would do some side investing. And then on Sunday nights, they would talk about it at the dinner table with us and talk about investing. And eventually, they worked their way up to be able to afford an apartment building. And that was something that as a child, I earned allowance by vacuuming apartments when tenants moved out and my brothers and sisters painted they were older so they could paint pretty well and then I started to paint also and that's how we learned our allowance we had to work for it and I was pretty young when I did that so we were involved in our parents investments and we got to see how they could save money and invest it but we also saw you know I also saw my dad make some bad stock investments so they did way better in real estate than they did in stocks, for sure.
0: My goodness, what an experience that you have, because a lot of people don't have that. But your parents did really, really well to involve all their kids, including you, in that, in the conversation. So can you tell us, you mentioned on Sunday dinners, they talked about investments. Well, tell us a little bit of what that looked like. What kind of things that they talk about? I know you said investments in real estate. Did they teach you some lessons around it? Or was it just more what they were learning? Or what did that look like?
1: They would just be talking about sometimes the real estate market or what was happening. They would just fill us in on what was going on with the apartment building that we were, you know, helping them with and earning our allowance at. And just in general, sort of talking about different investment type things, why it was important to save our money, why it was important to invest in things and sort of how to identify opportunities, all kinds of different conversations about it. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it wasn't that interesting, you know, as a child, it was like, (laughs) oh, yeah, you know. But on the other hand, You know, what they taught me was that I equated working with earning money. So even when I wanted spending money, they didn't give me an allowance. It was, well, what work do you want to do to earn that money? So I would say, well, I'll go pull a bag of weeds. And my Mm -hmm. dad would give me $3 for a bag of weeds. So I equated earning money to doing work. And I think for parents, that's a really great thing that we can do for our children is get them to work at a young age. I know you know we're all concerned about child labor laws and things like that, and, <laughs> and and there's this sort of mindset that children shouldn't be working. But I have to say, I've noticed a really interesting thing, and that is that a lot of people that grow up to be financially successful had paper routes when they were children. And I think having a paper route, learning how to work with money, have customers, clients, you know, do work and earn money for it is an important thing for people to make that connection, and for young people to to make that connection. I've seen people do that at a young age and then go on and be very, very successful in life.
0: I can't agree more. Even though those paper routes do they exist anymore? I don't think aside <laughs> now. Aside now, they, well, they must
1: because I still get investors business daily, so they must still.
0: <laughs> they must. I still
1: get the hard copy paper of that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: now in terms of wealth as i mentioned you're known as america's wealth mentor so you know a lot about wealth and wealth is a term that normally people wince it makes them feel just kind of icky or not good and with women women are known to be great investors i know you're familiar with that and There are some stats that I came across. One was from a resource uh, from the Department of Labor that's called Women in Retirement Savings, where they mentioned that of the 62 million wage and salaried women ages between 21 and 64 working in the U.S., only 45 percent of those women participate in a retirement plan, which is crazy to think, right? Why do you think? I want to hear your thoughts of why you think that is? What is it about we even though stats show women are great investors, what is it that is holding them back from that retirement plan?
1: Well, I wish I had scientific knowledge of that answer. <laughs>
0: but I just want to know your thoughts.
1: I'm going to have to guess at my own experience of working with a lot of women over time, especially, you know, I had a long career in Wall Street, but it was really when I started my own business that I started working more individually with women and women would tell me they didn't feel worthy and deserving of wealth, which was really interesting because I never had heard that before. And it was very distressing to hear women say they didn't feel worthy and deserving of wealth. And, and so that was the first thing. But the second thing is, I think for a lot of us women, it's not about the money. It's about the peace of mind and the financial freedom that money brings or what money can do for you. So when I first started investing, it's because I wanted to have a family and I was the major breadwinner. And I knew if I was going to have a family, I'd probably have to hire a nanny. And so the investing that eventually led to become a multimillion dollar portfolio was because I had a big why. And I think for women, they have a big why or they might be able to think what they want to do with the money whether they're inclined to do philanthropy or whether they, you know, have other aspirations, it's usually not about the money. And so for women, I think that word wealth, we cringe or we don't feel like that is an aspirational word sometimes because we don't connect with the money per se. It's the peace of mind. It's the financial freedom. It's the big why that we want the money. So I think for women, we have to kind of keep that in mind. In terms of why women are greater at investing, and the studies continue to show that women are, I think it's because women will stick with their investments a little bit longer is what the studies have actually shown, is that men will change their mind, decide to sell a stock and move on to another one, where the women, once they make a decision that this is a company they want to own, they will buy it and keep it and stick with it a little bit longer, and that in the end pays off and gives them a better track record.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you share those things in terms of especially the big why, because I think the big why is what keeps you in the game. It's what keeps you going It what keeps you motivated and having clarity. And I think it's also important to I know there's a lot of talk of the why what's the big why, but I think sometimes we don't dig deep enough of to what that is, because we just kind of resort to Well, my kids, which the kids is an honorable thing (laughs) to why you're doing what you're doing. But I think we need to dig deeper. What do you think?
1: I agree with that. I think that that is an easy answer that's off the top of our heads sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I have to pay for my kids to go to college or I want them to have this or that. I want to provide for them and be a good parent. But I think also there is something deeper. I mean, maybe you want to go to Nepal and study with some spiritual teacher over there. Or maybe you want to go to a special spa. Or maybe you want to take a trip to Machu Picchu and hike up to the top. I mean, there's different things that we all have in our hearts that we might want to do. And we think, well, that's a nice to do, but maybe it's not a have to do. And so it gets put on the back burner because you think, well... I don't really have to go to Machu Picchu, but I do have to put my kids through school.
0: Right. We kind of limit ourselves and forget about our dreams is what we do, I think.
1: That's that's exactly what we do. We yes. think that we can't really reach them. They're too big, they're too far out there, so we don't even try to pursue. And that is a big problem that people don't even reach for their dreams anymore. When I was a little girl, I had a keychain that was a rainbow and on the back of it it said follow your dreams. And I put that up on my bulletin board, and it just has sort of stuck with me that it's important to follow our dreams. And it's part of why we're here, because we're all creators. We're made in the image of a creator. We're all creators. And that is part of fulfilling who we are and why we're here, I think, is to follow those dreams.
0: Absolutely. And I think the other part of it is, like you mentioned earlier, is the women not deserving, not feeling we're deserving or worthy of those dreams, of that wealth. So I think that's, go ahead. Yes,
1: and women are so used to putting other people first, Mm -hmm. right, women put themselves last. And so what happens if something happens to mom? Then the whole family's in a world of hurt if something happens to mom. They can't function very well without mom. So it's important for mom to put herself first and to take care of herself and have self-care and that feels selfish and we're taught that that's selfish, but it's really not. It's selfish not to do that because if anything happened, It's usually not a good thing, you know?
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I want to take a moment to share this special message sponsored by my friends at Podcast Movement. Podcasting has become near and dear to my heart. It's a part of who I am. Because of podcasting, I have been able to connect with you in a more meaningful way. And that means the world to me. To evolve and become a better podcaster, though, I attend Podcast Movement. It is the world's largest gathering of new and veteran podcasters or anyone looking to start their own podcast right away. This summer, on July 24th through the 26th, it will be held in Philadelphia, and I personally will be there along with over 2,000 podcasters from around the world for workshops, panels, parties, and more. It literally has everything you need in one spot with over 100 sessions to choose from and the expo hall to help you answer those tech questions that we all have. This event has allowed me to meet and connect with new podcasting friends, including Jody Flynn, who was not only my roommate, but a fantastic guest on this podcast. If you're a podcaster, want to be a podcaster, or know a friend who is interested, You can go to podcastmovement.com and register using the code HMM and you'll get a sweet $50 discount. Now let's get back to today's episode. And before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. What do you suggest or recommend that we can do in terms of the word wealth? And we talked about how it just has a stigma or feels the ickiness or we feel we don't deserve it or whatever feelings that come up. What are some things that we can do to shift this to when we hear that word wealth where it doesn't bring those things up?
1: I think equate what it means for you. What is what is that financial freedom and what does that equate? What does that mean to you? You have to personalize it more and really decide what is it that you want money to do in your life? What are the possibilities that money could bring for you? Is that a nicer home? Is that you know your kids being put through school? Is that being able to take care of your parents? you know what are those things? but also beyond that, what are the things that you really aspire to, if you could have, if someone wrote you a check, what would be those things that you would wanna do? So go beyond just the have tos and go into what are the things that are really in your heart that you would love to do and think about those being possible instead of thinking of those always being out of reach.
0: Yes, yes and yes. And you can not see me <laughs> shaking my head just up and down because you said something that I completely, totally believe in. You said, don't just focus on the have tos, but on what you want to do. It was something to that extent. And that is a powerful thing that I talk about something similar, and not in those words, but can agree with that more because we, that's what we do. We tend to follow that advice of what we have to do, of what we do supposedly need to do, right? The save more, spend less, get out of debt themes and messages that we hear, we tend to focus so much on that, on the have tos, as you mentioned, that we forget about what we want. And that's, right. that's a problem. And I, that's one of the reasons why I do what I want to do. And that's, that is something that I found about my 10th year in marriage is when I found that I was in that spot. And it's when I was stuck in a financial situation is because I was just following what we had to do versus looking at what we really wanted to do.
1: Yeah. And I think if the spouses can be a real partnership around the money and around what they want to do together, you know, talking about what's your vision for the future Mm -hmm. you know and it's important for the women to be that full financial partner in terms of being present and participating in that whole planning process and also you know there's a lot of advice out there about frugality and that you can't have what you want with money and i just totally disagree with that i think it's important to set money priorities Where rather than being on a strict budget and feeling like you can't spend money or you can't have the things you want, to really decide what are the things that are important to you? Is that travel? Is that, you know, some new special outfit that you really want? What is it that is really important to you? And then what are the things that are not so important to you? Because sometimes we're spending money on things that don't even matter to us. Like I knew a couple that lived in New York and they were eating out for dinner every single night and they both had really good paying jobs but they couldn't afford to buy a house and when we really looked at where's your money going it was just going to meals out because they mm-hmm. were stressed and they were late and they weren't planning and so they ended up spending you know hundred dollars a night easily going out and then didn't have any money left over to save or anything and those meals didn't even mean anything to them. I mean, they weren't a priority, they weren't something that they really enjoyed or loved or anything, and they would much rather have the money for a house. So it's a matter of prioritizing where we want our money to go and what's really important to us and deciding what those things are and where we really want to spend our money.
0: Love it, love it. And tell us a little bit, I want to shift a moment, and if you could tell us a little bit what lessons you have learned or what would you give advice to someone who wants to have the success in wealth and investing that you have had so what would you say to them what are some things
1: well what i really did was i discovered a step-by-step process of wealth building and i call it the six steps to wealth and because no one could explain to me how someone goes from zero to wealth and why some people were wealthy and other people weren't so when i really identified these six steps which i'm going to share with you it clarified it for me, and I knew then exactly what I needed to do to build wealth, and that's how I was able to create $2 million in my investment account by the time I was 39. So the first step is that wealthy mindset. It's that positivity, it's the Think and Grow Rich. If, if our listeners haven't read Think and Grow Rich, I suggest everybody read that book. It's a classic that was commissioned by Andrew Carnegie, one of the richest men of his day, to be written about the wealthiest people of their time and how wealth was created. So it really is sort of the most scientific book we have, if you will, about wealth building. So it starts in your mind. And this is something that's an important book for everyone to have it's in their a library. Good
0: read. It's stuff def- I actually have somehow we ended up having two copies. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We've read them and then I thought I didn't have it or lost it and then I bought another one. So yes, we end up having two copies.
1: Yeah. So it starts with your mindset and it starts with a decision to become wealthy. So if you want to be wealthy, you need to make that decision that you will do it and you want to do it. And that's an important thing, too, is for people to decide this is something because it doesn't just happen generally for most people. It's something that you pursue and that you accomplish step by step. So the second step is to save a nest egg. So you have to save money because it's going to require capital, money to invest and to grow. So just like my parents were teaching us at the dinner table about investing in real estate or my dad would try to pick stocks not very successfully, but <laughs> but <laughs> uh, he was in it. But he was in it and mm-hmm. he was trying. And that is also what encouraged me later to figure that out was because he didn't have success. I wanted to know why he didn't and that actually spurred me to to figure it out. But save money is important because you've got to start, the best place to start is in that retirement plan. So if we have women who have a retirement plan they have access to and they're not contributing to that, I suggest you immediately start contributing to your retirement plan so you can start saving. And that's the best place to save. And often your employer will match it and give you free money, so that's even better. And then the third step is to find a mentor or get knowledge. So I encourage people to make investing their hobby. Uh, make it something you start reading about or something you start investigating a little bit about because it's a lot more interesting than you've been led to believe. And most women that I talk to about this, they're like, oh, I think it's so boring. And then once they get into it, they're like, oh my gosh, I love this. (laughs) And that's why people like you and I, Jen, have podcasts so that women can listen and learn in plain English and get educated. And that's a great place to go to get that knowledge. And then step four is to invest in a money engine. So step four is where you're actually investing, making your money grow somewhere, whether that's buying your own home or being in your retirement plan or whether you're going to learn to invest in a stock or whether you're going to invest in rental real estate or whatever that might be, or your own business. There's lots of different ways to grow wealth. There's not just one way. There's not just one right way or one right vehicle. There's lots of different ways to do it. And you need to do the one that's most Interesting to you. And so get your money to compound. And that's step number five compound at a high rate because wealth building is all about compounding. The two are really synonymous. And once I saw it was about the rate I could compound at, that would be the difference between me having wealth maybe at age 70 in my retirement plan or making it sooner, like by age 39, it made all the difference to understand that compounding is wealth building. And the higher the rate you can compound at, whether that's in real estate or stocks or your own business, those are all vehicles that can compound at a very high rate, much more than a bank account, because a bank account at you know 1% interest <laughs> is going to take 72 years to double your money. So that's a very long time. And so we have to get it invested in other vehicles that can compound faster. And then step six is to protect your wealth. So once you have it, to uh, not have too much leverage or debt, to reduce any investment debt that you have and protect your wealth.
0: Oh, those are awesome steps. I really love them. And I love how you mentioned as well, the money engine and the mentor, the mentor, I think is huge. Of course, you encourage to get into investing as a hobby. But I love that you mentioned the mentor part because that's something that we don't do enough of in terms of reaching out and looking for help, right? Or asking for that help or asking for that guidance. So I thought that was really, really important and key. Of course, all the steps are good. I'm just thinking of the steps that that I had these aha and the money engines, how there's not just one way to invest the money, which I think is also huge to just remind yourself of.
1: Well, I think you bring up a great point, Jen. And that is that in the past, you know, women didn't have as many opportunities to have a mentor because it was mainly a man's world. I mean, most mm-hmm. financial advisors are men. There are some financial advisors that are women, of course, and there's getting a few more women advisors, but still in terms of, you know, authors, you know, I remember a seminar actually was giving seminars when I worked on Wall Street, and they were seminars for women from someone who had written a book for women to become rich. And afterward, the woman in the audience came up and she said, I really enjoyed the seminar and thank you for the book, but I have a question. And I said, yes, what is it? And she said, why didn't you write this book? Why did a man write this book? And, you know, it sounds kind of funny today because now, of course, you have a book, I'm working on a book and uh, lots of women have books. And of course, Susie Orman's been big over the last couple of decades. But Mm -hmm. prior to that, there weren't a lot of women that, you know, it was kind of the man would write the book about women's wealth. And so now it seems funny, but now we have more options for women. And it's exciting to have the internet and podcasts and things like that, that we didn't have years ago. And now we have access to women mentors.
0: Absolutely. And I love seeing that this medium of women educating other women in the area of finance. I just I've women pop up not necessarily day in day out. That's a generalization here. But I'm seeing more and more women step up in this field. And I absolutely love it. Love love seeing it because you and I can't do it alone. <laughs>
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, I was. We need more. Yeah. I I mean, it's and it's a ripple effect. You know, I just got a call with a client right before this, and she was telling me how she's, you know, she looks at stock charts now, and she was talking with a friend of hers and showing this woman how to look at a stock chart and explaining things. And the woman's like, oh my gosh, I understand this. I understand what you're saying. And, you know, I just, I had to smile from ear to ear that one woman was showing another woman, you know, about stocks. And Mm -hmm. I just love that. And I know that we will have a ripple effect as women get more comfortable and more knowledgeable and realize it's not difficult and they can do it and they are very good at it, that they Mm -hmm. will show their friends, their daughters, their sisters, you know, all kinds of other women.
0: Absolutely. Well, this has been fantastic, Linda. I really, really appreciate you coming on, sharing your knowledge. It's been great. And as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because?
1: Her money matters because she matters. Love it. Yeah, and by that I mean that of course you matter without money. That's not my point. My point is that what you want and your needs, your desires, your goals are important. And so what you want to do with the money is super important because it's going to affect your entire life. And it's going to affect your ability to accomplish what you're on the planet here to do. So her money matters because she matters and it's important for her to achieve her financial goals.
0: That is beautiful, Linda. Thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Linda's fantastic, isn't she? I hope that you enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. Before we go into my takeaway for this particular interview, I want to do our weekly shout out or in Spanish, la mención semanal. This week it goes to Lisa. Lisa decided recently to take the advice that she has heard, or we all have heard, right, about automating her finances. And since then, she has seen her savings increase, which has felt fantastic for her. And the other aha moment that she has had since automating those savings was just the simple fact that she got paid interest rather than it being deducted from her in other ways, right? So which definitely is a great feeling. So I just wanted to acknowledge her for sharing that for automating the savings, which is just fantastic. As you know, if you've been listening for a while, that I'm a big proponent of automating as much as you can, especially your savings. So to go on with the takeaway of this episode, Notice that Linda mentioned how important her why was and how it led to her wealth and how this why was clear, the importance of that, how specific it was, and how inspiring. Basically, the why was an inspiring why. And I wanted just to remind you of that. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I am big about knowing your why about being very specific to what that why is as well. Because we can want things, we can say that our kids are our big why in life, which it's a part of it. But if we don't know the specifics as to why, and maybe it's being an example, or maybe it's having them grow up to be more financially secure than you were at the beginning of your adult life, whatever the case may be, but it's just really, really important to be specific. It's really important to do that. It's also important for it to be inspiring for you. So the why in your life is really, really important. You can learn more about Linda and her podcast, Be Wealthy and Smart over at lindapjones.com. So if you enjoyed listening to our chat and want to know more about Linda, I definitely encourage you to go over to her website and check her out. So that is it for today's episode. Next week in episode 130, we'll be talking to Doug Goldstein, and he will provide some financial insights into being an expat uh, with his time living in Israel. So that is another good one to look forward to. Now, today I want to thank Linda for joining us, for sharing her story, for just being such a fabulous guest. You can find more about Linda over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 129, where I will have the links on where to find Linda and all the other links mentioned in this episode. Also, don't forget that if you love this episode, please, it would mean the world to me for you to share with a friend, a family member, or even a stranger. It's definitely like the biggest compliment that you can pay me. Lastly, I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode about my book. So if you want to be amongst the first to know the moment my book is available, you can join the early notification list over at jenhempill.com forward slash book. Being on the list definitely has its perks. Besides being the first one to know when the book is available, I will also be giving some goodies away too. So make sure to join that over at jennahempill.com forward slash book. Bueno pues, that is it. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.